Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. This week I'm joined by Jessica Smith Dos Santos, who is a retired registered nurse turned transformational lifestyle coach. Self-doubt has had Jessica second guessing her life for, for many years. She struggled with wasting a lot of time and grappling in her head about decisions. And there was a lot of coulda, shoulda, woulda type of thinking. It was stealing her ability to be present in her life and robbing her of her confidence. She felt like a victim, powerless and out of control. It was on her own personal discovery journey that she realized that self-doubt was actually one of her greatest gifts. And then everything changed. Today, Jessica is sharing sharing with us how she managed to make that change and the impact that that's had on her life. So welcome, Jessica. It's lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I am so thrilled to be here. Uh, I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to have you have you on here because when we first met, you said to me, oh, I've got exactly like me and you are truly aligned. Uh, we've got the same mission. We're, our heart's in the same place, but we're working from two different vehicles. And it really, really kind of struck a chord with me um, because I, I love to, to meet like-minded people for one, um, but also I love how you've been able to reframe your relationship with self-doubt and to now see it as one of your greatest gifts. And I think that is something very, very rare. Um, and it's something that I would love to deep dive into a bit more just to find out how you've managed to get to that place, because I think it's an amazing place to be. Um, but it'd be really great to just um, start by diving in to find out a bit more about where this journey started for, for you um, and where you are today, how you've got to where you are today to be in this place where you feel aligned with your passion, where you've pivoted your career and where you feel that you are living boldly and unapologetically, which is amazing. It, it is kind of amazing, especially going from um, a childhood where I had a very overcritical parent and definitely not bashing my parent, by the way. My mom is an amazing human and she cared about me so much. And that criticism was her way of trying to help me step into my greatness. Right. Mm -hmm. So I definitely don't want to um, give the impression that I'm not grateful for my childhood. However, being raised with a very critical parent created a voice inside my head that was also very critical. Um, things like you could do it better. You haven't done enough. Why did you do it that way when you could have done it this way? Um, there, there was always, always questioning. Why did you do that? Why did you choose that? What are you doing why are you making that decision? And rather than like kind of opening my mind to potentially doing it better and being called to raise up, I interpreted that criticism as a reason to shrink down, as mm -hmm. a reason to doubt myself, as a reason to second guess the decisions that I was making. So, you know, it's all about that 
perspective piece of, is this happening to me or is it happening for me? Mm. And for a long time, I was very much a victim of, um, this happened to me, right? I second guess myself because my mom criticized me. Mm -hmm. I lack self-doubt because I was never taught how to be confident, right? Those were the stories that were playing inside of my head because of the childhood that I was gifted. And it took, you know, it took a long time for me to understand that that whole entire experience served me. It was for me. It was trying to call me into my greatness. It was not intended for me to play small and to doubt myself. Mm. But what happened because of that perspective is I got caught in the comparison game, Mm -hmm. right? I would see other people doing great things with their physical health or having wonderful relationships or being super happy in their careers or enjoying the experience of being a parent. And of course, social media plays the highlight roles. Mm. And I definitely got sucked into comparing my, you know, ho-hum reality to somebody else's highlight reel Mm. and, you know, using that to play even smaller, to doubt myself even more, right? Like every time they post a picture, their kids are so put together and, and beautiful. And my kids are always messy. Why can't I be like that? Right. So there was definitely that those two pieces that really played in tandem mm-hmm. to keep me trapped in a victim mindset. I, I did, I felt trapped and the self-talk that was happening in my head was that I'm never going to be able to achieve that. And when that's the self-talk that's happening in your head, your whole physiology like shrinks, right? Like there's a sagging of the shoulders. There's a sinking in the pit of the stomach. It's like, I want it so much, but I know I'm never going to be able to have that. Mm -hmm. And then that's followed by a sense of resignation, right? Like, well, this is just Mm -hmm. my life and I'm just going to have to deal with it. And yet there was always that, that tension, right? That tension of that desire that was tugging my heart, knowing that I am more, I, there are so many ways that I am doing amazing things in my life that I wasn't giving myself credit for. And I was really letting that self-doubt and that poor self-talk and that you could have done this and you should have done this. And, you know, if you could do it over, you would have done it this way. You know, when that became my narrative, it was very defeating and it, it affected my confidence. It affected my relationship with my significant other. It affected the way I showed up in a friendship. Um, it, it really had some pretty severe consequences because mm. it didn't allow me to really step into who I was authentically and confidently. And it also robbed me of the ability to truly love who I am and to love my experiences as an authentic person. And so that the self-doubt really played a big role in, um, you know, for a long time, keeping me trapped, but that trapped feeling was necessary. Right. And I, I really came to a point in my journey where I realized that all that needed to shift was my perspective. And I recognized that by being over-criticized, 
I was given the gift of being able to ask myself, could I do it better? Not as a method of criticizing myself and making myself play small, but as a method of allowing myself to take that next step and to be brave about it. Mm. Um, I, I also recognize that without that self-doubt, I wouldn't have any pain prompting me to want to make a change. And so embracing that doubt and embracing, um, you know, reprogramming that self-talk is the absolute thing that empowered me to be where I am today. Without any of those experiences, I would not be loving myself unconditionally. I would not be feeling confident to live my life boldly. I would not be, you know, the beautiful engaged wife, the excited mother, the confident business coach, the loving transformational coach that I am, had I not had any of those experiences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, a couple of things that really help me understand self-doubt is to number one, have gratitude for it. Because like I said, without the feeling that pain of that doubt, I wouldn't have anything to prompt me to make a change. And um, I'm going to give a little shout out to Dr. Alok Trivedi, because when I was talking with him about my challenges with self-doubt, he said, well, where are you confident? Like he immediately flipped that script. And I recognized that my perception was so hyper-focused on where I wasn't confident that I forgot to give myself credit for where I was confident. Mm -hmm. And the truth was like, I'm a really confident dog mom, right? Like I know how to take care of a dog. I know how to love a dog. I know how to snuggle a dog. I know how to guard their health. There are so many ways that I am confident in being a dog mom. I'm also very confident in the way I parent my children. I'm confident that what I'm doing for them in their lives is empowering them to be confident in their authentic selves, right? And I wasn't giving myself credit for where I was confident and I was only focusing on where I was doubting. And the truth is we doubt to the same degree that we are confident. And so he really helped me balance out my perspective and understand that I'm not doubting myself in every single area of my life. There are plenty of areas of my life where I feel very confident. I was a very confident nurse. I was educated. I was competent. I showed up at work with a heart to serve my patients and to advocate for their needs. And that's another area of my life where I wasn't giving myself credit for being confident. So really I've learned to embrace that self-doubt as my greatest gift. And when I catch myself doubting, I'm triggered to say, okay, number one, how is this doubt serving me? And number two, where am I confident? Let me go call out my confidence. So I remind myself that I am not this singular moment of doubt. Love it. I'm, I'm jotting loads of notes down um, as you're just sharing this, because there's so much that, that you've just um, shared with us that I want to kind of rewind a little bit and just go back to certain points. Um, because I think, you know, feeling trapped is something that we can all relate to at some point. And, you know, um, we're often when we're talking about it, like right now, we're coming at it from a hindsight point of view, rather than still being in the thick of it. And so obviously our 
perception of it all is very different. But when you're in it, you can feel incredibly trapped. Um, and you might even know what you need to be doing, but you just don't know how to do it. And that can then make you feel even more trapped and then more inadequate and, and take you um, down that cycle. And, you know, I, what I love, um, even though you were feeling trapped, is that you had this tension then brewing because you knew that you needed, that you wanted more and that you deserve more. And even though everything in you at that time was telling you you weren't good enough and you can't do it, our mind and our bodies know that we are limitless humans, like we have limitless potential. And so that it will never fully settle for the fact that we are telling ourselves we can't do something or we're adapting our lives in the way that we feel is an accepted way of living because of who we are or who we've been told we are. But our, our truth, our higher self knows what we are capable of. And so there will always be that push pull and it's whether people block it out, whether people listen to it, um, that will determine whether we follow that path and find a way or whether we just continue to ignore and, and, and not you know, reach that full potential. Um, and so I'm keen to know, like from everything that you've said, that what you, like obviously you were being told that you can't do things, you were adapting your life to that. Um, but when did you start to recognize that that wasn't strictly true? And actually the stories that were in your head were in fact stories and not facts about Jessica that you perhaps thought they were growing up. Because when we realized that, you know, and, and I'm speaking to a lot of people about stories and hearing, you know, the niggles and, and there'll be people who will be like, but I don't have stories and I don't have niggles, but they do. It's just they have become so used to hearing that niggle of, you know, the action of don't do that, you know, there's no point going for that promotion, someone else is already gonna get it, or you're not as good as so-and-so, or you've not worked there long enough, or you're not old enough, or you've not, you're not smart enough, or, you know, don't set up that business because there's too many coaches out there already. Or, you know, don't launch that program because no one will buy from you because you don't know what you're talking about, and blah, blah, blah. They're the things that are the stories. And it's being able to recognize that they are coming from a place of ego and protection rather than actually a part of your DNA and part of your limitless life that you were born to live. So if you wouldn't mind just sort of rewinding a smidge and just going over that part to just show how you've started to transform yourself, because people might be at this stage right now that just need that inspiration. And then I want to deep dive into a few other points that you've made, because you've made some really, really excellent points. And I love the, the gratitude and the identity um, uh, and also something else that I'm going to share in a minute. So, yeah, if you wouldn't mind just starting with techniques or whatever it was that, that got you going. Yeah. So in childhood, there was is one moment specifically that really sticks out to me. And it was, um, you know, I was always kind of the fat kid, right, the overweight um, child. And I had learned at a young age that sugar made me feel good. It mm -hmm. never said no. It was always available when I was feeling down. And, um, you know, that ineffective coping mechanism with food and feelings has health ramifications. So because of that ineffective coping, I was always kind of what they call the fat kid, right? Like I always got teased and, um, at one point in my, in my youth, I decided that I wanted to play soccer 
because I watched all the other girls that played soccer and I was so inspired by them. And there was that tug inside of me that said, I could do that. I could do that. And I was attracted to their confidence and to their teamwork and to their um, level of athleticism. And there was that little tiny voice in the back that said, you could do that, right? And that self-doubt would always say, no, you can't do that. You don't, you can't run. You eat too much sugar. You're too fat. And at some point I, it was just like a breaking point. I was like, I am freaking sick and tired of you telling me what I can and can't do Mm. because my heart says I can do that. And I have a desire in there to try. And if there's any desire inside of you to try something, then tell that little voice to take a hike and try it. And so in the beginning, I used that, that voice, that self-doubt, that criticism as a method of, I will show you, right? It was a very um, aggressive, like, screw this. I'm not listening to you. Um, it was a very masculine energy, like push, like I am going to fight you. I'm done listening to your crap. Right. So it was very kind of angry energy, but, um, my mom actually even like said to me, I don't think you can do this because you're too chubby. Right. And I said, please let me try, let me try. And so there, there became that moment where I decided that this voice was not going to determine what I was and wasn't capable of trying to do. Right. I, I might've tried and I might've failed, but at least I tried. Right. Yeah, yeah. And in that trying, I gained so much confidence because I did start learning to run. I did lose weight. I did create friendships with the girls that inspired me. Um, that specific year I was named uh, most improved player right? Because I started as the overweight chubby kid with (laughs) being short of breath, just running a little bit to being really engaged. Mm -hmm. And so that lesson to me to be brave and to step out and to give it a shot anyway, built confidence because in the action of doing, I reinforced the fact that even though the voice said I couldn't, I am. And so it gave me proof Otherwise, like I had to create that proof for myself. But then as I got older in my life, that aggressive, like, screw you, I can do this um, energy became a little bit exhausting, right? Because I, I am a woman and I do have that very feminine, relaxed, flowing side to me. And so then um, again, in like my late 20s, early 30s, I kind of went through another transition with that self-doubt where instead of leveraging it to say, screw you, I'm going to prove you wrong. I realized that at that point, I was tired of trying to prove myself. I was sick and tired of trying to prove my worth through doing. And I, um, I'll give another shout out, Christine Hassler. She has an over it and on with it podcast. She um, talked about a strategy of giving your inner critic a job promotion. And that immediately caught my attention because what I realized is that that inner criticism had served me for so long, right? Like it, it poked at that pain. It, it, like it kind of poked the bear and it mm-hmm. created that energy in me where I was like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. But then she said, you know, at some point in your life, that energy stops serving you. 
And I was exhausted from, from forcing all the time, trying to do to prove my worth. And what that took was for me, literally like becoming pen pals with that self-doubt, with that inner critic, like, Hey girl, first of all, thank you. Because you talking to me that way, all of these years has served me to do really great things in my life. And now that we're older, that talking to me that way, isn't helping me as much as it used to. And here's what I would like from you. Right. And so I literally became pen pals. And then I responded as if I was myself out, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that me talking to you that way was hurting you more than it was helping you. And I'm going to need some help in learning new things to say. So together in that process, we learned to rewrite the story. We learned to rewrite the verbiage. We learned to rewrite the self-talk. And there are still times when I'm like, Hey girl, are you enjoying that job promotion? Because I kind of feel you sliding back into some old ways. Like yeah. do we need to have a, a, a meeting? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. One of the, the most effective ways to silence your inner critic is to create a character to link to it. Like, because then you disassociate and then you can have that flowing conversation and the relationship changes. And it's like, you know, I, I love you for, for sharing that and wanting to support me, but it's fine. Like I trust myself, I know. And, and, and taking back that control is so, so powerful. Um, and yeah. you know, you're smiling when you're saying it. And then when you're having fun with it, things don't feel quite so heavy and dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and even like taking that up a notch rather than just saying no thanks on your advice, being like, Hey, I appreciate you chiming in. And you know, what would help me even more is if you could just shout out in the back of my head, girl, I trust you. You've got this trust yourself, yeah. right? Like teach her how to be a cheerleader even. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it is. It is. And, 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 you, and doable. Like we so yes. can do that for sure. I love that. I love that, um, that you have created the character. I think that, that that is so, so important. Um, uh, and so powerful. And I'm just trying to think, I was making other notes. Uh, like I've never heard of, of saying being a critic, giving them a job promotion, but but it's true, isn't it? It's like, let's promote you to my assistant, but you only speak when I ask. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm gonna mentor you now. So you working on my level, not me working on your level, which is awesome. And you know, what I love um, that you said is that that willingness to try and from that willingness to try came confidence because that is exactly how confidence is built. And too often we think I need to wait to feel confident before I try but it's that confidence is that willingness to try. And from trying and, and doing, we become more competent, which then increases our confidence even more. And, you know, that's, I love the description of that because you just shared it so beautifully because it just sums it up. The more we do, the more confident we are. And like but you said, we had nothing to lose. I, I had nothing to lose. And I always say like, the only difference between me and the people that I mentor is not that I'm successful. Mm. It's that I have failed way more often and refused to quit. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I, in myself, I'm not a success. I'm just a failure that refuses to quit. That's the only difference, right. It's just that straight refusal to quit on the future that I desire on the me that 
is within me to be, you know, shining the light in this world. Mm, mm, that refusal, that drive. I love it. I love it. And, you know, for me, it, it's not about failing. Um, it's about learning. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of us, we look at, we look at how to learn uh, to fail fast and keep going. And it's in our failures that we learn the most, you know, success leaves clues for sure. But failure is where we really get to learn what we need to do in order to move forward. Um, so I love that. I think it's amazing. You mentioned, um, that you about pain prompting you to make change. And again, I think that that is a really good way of looking at it because, um, well, it is and it isn't because obviously we want to avoid pain. So we wanna move away from pain or towards pleasure. But sometimes we sit in this, in our current pain because we're too scared that the pain of going through the transformation will be more painful than where we're at now. And so I love, I would love for you just to kind of talk through how you navigated through that part, because I agree pain prompts change. And if it's painful or awkward or not uncomfortable or whatever, it means that you've got to keep pushing through that. Um, having said that, I know plenty of people that are so scared and have said to me on numerous occasions, I'm too scared to open that box. If I open that box, I don't know what's going to come out. So I'd rather just settle with what I've got because it's familiar and I know how to handle it. Yeah, that's a beautiful um, subject. And, you know, really that fear of opening that box is it's an imagined emotion, right? Fear is, is a future-based emotion. It's fear of um, again, I'm going to give Dr. Alok Trivedi the shout out for this, because this is where I learned this concept is that fear is, either fear of, of losing something that you love dearly, or it's fear of gaining something that you don't want in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in that specific um, example that you gave, sh she was probably fearing more pain. She was imagining mm -hmm. that opening that box would create more pain. So that's the gaining of something that she doesn't want. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that all fear is based in something that hasn't happened yet. And I love that saying that fear and faith require you to do the same thing. It requires you to believe in something that has not yet happened. And so really that is where you get your power within that pain is you can choose to be a victim of that pain and you can choose to see yourself as powerless and you can choose to embrace that fear of what if. Or you can choose to see that pain as a gift, as a message saying, this is not where you're meant to be and it's time to move forward. And you can choose to embrace the faith of the what if, right? The fear is often the what if all the bad things happen. Whereas mm. the faith is like, you know, that saying, dear one, like, what, what, if, if, I, what if I fall, right? Versus like, but dear one, what if you fly? Right. Mm -hmm. And so stepping into faith is like, what if I fly? What's going to happen if I do succeed? Yeah. Right. And that builds that hope within you. And, and I think that this is the key moment where it's so important to have some sort of mentor or coach or accountability partner in your pocket to really help hold your hand to step into being that brave person. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of stumble is that they get sucked into that fear and they don't have anybody holding space saying, 
but what if you fly? Mm. Be brave, yeah. right? Yeah, you can do this. So, um, in terms of that pain, it just again, it's all about that that perspective and how you choose to use that pain. And and furthermore, whether you choose to use your imagination to create even worse pain, keeping you stuck, or you use your imagination to create a future that's pleasurable, that helps create that tension to make you move away from that pain and create that future that you desire. Well, yeah, because your mind creates your reality and it doesn't know the difference between what's real and, and what's not. And, and that's the thing is, is seeing the, the pleasure beyond the pain. Um, and there is no denying that when you go through transformation, it can be painful. But what you've got to ask yourself is what is more, pain, what, like, if you do nothing, where are you going to be in 12 months time? Is that going to be more painful than going through some tough times that's going to allow you to be free and to go on to live the life that you were born to live? I know which one I'd choose every single time. And I've gone through some dark times with, with mine, but it was worth it every single time. Um, and I wouldn't change it for the world because it has, you know, got me to where I, I need to be for this moment in time. And, I, and, you know, we're all evolving processes for sure. And, and it's an ongoing um, transformation. And that's the right. thing is life will still move forward, whether you're wanting to, to move forward with it. And what's painful now is going to be more painful in 12 months time if you don't do stuff, because you're going to be losing out on a lot more financially, emotionally, physically, whatever that may be. You're going to be 12 months uh, deeper into the thick of this horrible cycle. That's going to be more painful than where you are right now. So you're going to experience pain. It's whether the pain is going to prompt you into moving forward into a beautiful future or, or not. And like you're saying, to reframe it, reframe it to see that actually it's opportunity. Um, so I love that. I love how you um, also... Uh, spoke about the gratitude piece and about identifying where you are confident. And this is something that I work on with my clients a lot. You know, we have five main areas in, in our life. Um, and quite often I have this scale um, that I use with my clients. And quite often people can be sort of watching life from the sidelines in one or two areas of their lives, but thriving in others. And obviously when you're going through um, challenges, you focus on the crappy ones rather than the good ones and it's actually getting to know who you are in the good areas of your life and really starting to reconnect to that person and transfer it into the into your not so great areas of life because you are you and like you know I can't remember the lady who you mentioned but just because you're not confident in one area does not mean that you're not confident full stop there are lots of things you're very confident in. You're just not associating the two and we need to marry them up together. So start to like look at wow moments in your life. Start to look at things that have gone really, really well. Listen to how you're speaking, really connect to what you see, what you feel, what you hear and allow yourself to then bring those emotions into the areas of your life that perhaps you're struggling with. And it's so, so powerful when you start to look to do that, because you realize where everything's interconnected. And just because it feels hard right now, doesn't mean that it, that you can't do it because you have proof in other areas of your life that you can. That's exactly right. You know, I, I always say like, 
choose your hard, right? Like staying stuck in a place that's painful Mm. is hard, but making steps towards an unknown and leaning into faith is also hard. And like you said, if you fast forward your life 12 months from now, which hard would you like to choose? Which hard is to create a result that you're inspired by? Mm. Right. And, you know, the other thing that you were sharing is how in some areas you're shining in the spotlight and in some areas you're kind of on the sidelines. Mm. And I think that's where we get sucked into self-doubt is that we focus on those sidelines and then we judge ourselves for not doing better, for not being better. And one thing that I've personally learned about myself is I have a very high value of being a mother, of being a coach, of learning, right? Those are the three areas of my life, like my highest values where I thrive. I love doing them. Like coaching isn't work to me. Like, yes, I get paid for it, but Mm. I'm inspired to wake up every single day. Now in my exercise, for example, that's an area where I can start judging myself Mm. because I'm not doing CrossFit anymore. I'm not running half marathons anymore. Um, You know, I, I only air quotes, get up and do yoga for 30 minutes every day. And it's not as, you know, I I was much more fit five years ago than I am now. Mm. But the truth is, you know, when I was more fit, it's because I had a much higher value of fitness. Mm. And I'm in a season of my life where my values have shifted. And Mm. I am absolutely thriving in being a mother in coaching in growing myself as a human through learning. But then in fitness, I'm not doing all of those things that I used to do. Right. And so it gets very easy to, again, that comparison game of where I used to be and where I am now. But then when I compare myself as back then as a mother and where I am as a mother now, I'm 10 times the mother I was when I was more fit. Mm. And so it's really just having, having grace for yourself and, and not judging yourself for not thriving in those sideline areas and really giving yourself the credit for where you are shining in those highest values, because, you know, we go through all sorts of different seasons in our lives. And sometimes those things shift around, like someday when I'm an empty nester, being a mother is not going to be something that I'm thriving in. And Mm. you never know, I might shift back to being fit again. And that might take a, a different slot, but just being, being you know, having grace with those different seasons of life, I think is so important when it comes to tackling that self-doubt. Yeah. And I love how you, you describe that with the seasons of life, because it's true, you know, nothing is, is stagnant. Nothing remains the same. You know, seasons are always changing and priorities are always changing. You know, business is always changing. Life is always changing. Relationships are always changing. And if we're trying to cling to this one way, or the highway, it's just not going to work. Um, so I, I love that. And I think, you know, it's really important to honor and show yourself grace. Like you said, what are your priorities right now? And what do you need to focus on? And then celebrating that as well, because I think sometimes, you know, we we know that we have areas that we're thriving in, but we don't give ourselves the time and, uh, and the space to celebrate that. And actually, we can learn a lot from that, that we can then used to pull into the areas that perhaps are on the sidelines or you know have that conversation where actually it's all right that this is in the you know on the sidelines right now because this isn't a priority for me whereas these three things are and actually I'm thriving in that and so I need to acknowledge that and 
and celebrate it. And then when you just by having those little observations, your confidence can then shift as well because you're starting to see yourself differently. Yep. hundred percent. I love this conversation. I love this conversation and I've just looked at the clock and I know that we're going to have to wrap it up fairly soon. Um, and this is the hardest thing that I'm finding is I get into such amazing conversations and it is, it's so hard to rein it into to people's schedules and, and timeframes. Um, but Jessica, you know, I love the fact that you, you've shared some real great nuggets in um, this chat, you know, talking about the willingness to try and how your confidence grows about, you know, creating that character um, and giving your inner critic that promotion. I think that's such a lovely way to look at it. And also, you know, the gratitude piece and reframing pain and seeing it as a prompt to, to create change and choose your hard, absolutely love. Um, and identifying where you are confident because that's gonna give you so many insights into things that you've forgotten about yourself. Is there anything else intuitively before we wrap this up that you feel that you would love to share with people before you then share how we can stay connected? You know, I, I would just say that, um, number one, have grace with yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't be so hard on yourself, you know, do truly have a conversation with that inner critic and, and let that inner critic know how to best support you mm. and understand that there, there's no there. You are never going to be at a place where you are fully confident. Mm. You are always going to have that balance of doubt somewhere in your life. And that's how life works. It works in balance. You cannot have pleasure without pain, cannot have happy without sad. You cannot have self-doubt without self-confidence. So just recognize that it's about staying centered in that awareness and learning how to leverage those things for your greater good. And I would also say that, you know, knowledge is great and we all know, uh, air quotes, what to do, but the truth is if we could do it on our own, we would have done it by now. Mm. And that was truly the key for me was reaching out, holding up my hand saying, Hey, I'm ready to navigate this. And when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And yeah. so it just took being brave to say, Hey, I know I'm a badass, but I can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. And doing it alone doesn't mean that you're weak. It just means that you don't have to navigate the hard things by yourself. So be brave and reach out. 100%, 100%. You know, um, I'm keen in, into sport and I've always, you know, I've grown up around sport and every sport that I've done, I've always had a coach and I've always said this. And then um, Tony Robbins was talking about it the other day. And I said to my husband, I've been saying this for years and now he's saying it. But the reality is you look at any sports person, if they want to get better, they have a coach. If they don't have a coach, no one takes them seriously. And, you know, it's the first thing that they all look to, to, to find is I need I need a coach. I want to start like getting fit. I need a PT um, trainer, whatever I want to do, football or soccer. I need a coach. It's exactly the same with life, you know, and with business. If you want to get better, if you want to be the best you can, if you want to make the big bucks in your business, if you want to have extreme happiness and success, you don't do it on your own. You work with people who can bridge that gap who can help you to fail fast and keep going, that can help you to learn from their lessons, that can help you to achieve it faster, quicker, and more effectively. 
that's what you need to do in order to build that momentum to go on and to achieve greatness. You know, and every single person that we admire in whatever industry we're in all have coaches because we're not designed to do it all on our own. Um, you know, we are responsible for it, but we aren't designed to figure it all out on our own all of the time. Um, and so it is so important to consider that. Uh, it's been amazing, um, Jessica, as I said earlier, I would love to chat to you more, but I know that time is not on our side right now. So where can people um, find you to stay connected? The best place to find me is on Facebook. Just search Jessica Smith Dos Santos. Um, I'm always putting out something to inspire or encourage. So come on over and say hi. And I'm always open to new friends. Just shoot me a message and tell me all about you. I would love to get to know you. And um, Emma, thank you so much for this space to talk about this really important issue. I think that what you are putting out in this world is going to be in service of so many people. And so I just wanted to take a minute to share my gratitude with you for what you're doing, because I know that every podcast that you share, every episode, every guest speaker has something very special to bring mm. to this topic of self-doubt. And there's no doubt in my mind that people need your message right now. So I'm just so grateful for you opening up this conversation and holding this space. And I look forward to hearing more and connecting with you know, the whole world, you are just a ray of sunshine. So thank you so oh, much. Thank you. It's been an honor and a pleasure. So thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in and listening today. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. So bye for now. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now.